Welcome to FCPD Black, White, and Blue, a podcast series about the experiences of police officers, both past and present, and our work with our community partners in building bridges beyond the badge to serve Fairfax County's diverse communities. As you may know, September 15th through October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month. Throughout the month, we're highlighting some of our Hispanic officers and how their culture plays an important role in law enforcement. Today, we're speaking with Lieutenant Andy Worlin. Welcome. Hello, how are you? Good. Okay, so if you would please tell us a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to the community. Okay, so uh, my name is Andrew Worlin, but I've gone by Andy as I've gotten older because it makes me feel younger. I've uh, been with the department for 21 years, um, and I'm currently the code compliance liaison for the agency. Uh, but I've lived here in Fairfax and Alexandria my entire life. Born in 1971 in Alexandria Hospital. Um, went to St. Rita's Elementary School, Bishop Ireton High School, Nova, got an associate's degree from there. George Mason got a bachelor's degree from there. Um, and then a little later, I got a master's degree from American Military University, which isn't local, but it's all, all over. Um, but with the department, I started out in Franconia, uh, came on in 2000, September 11th of 2000. Um, then I went to Franconia as a new officer, and then I got promoted to a sergeant and spent almost six years in McLean. And then um, I spent a year in what is now the Public Affairs Bureau, but was then the Public Information Office. And uh, for a while, I was the, I guess, the assistant commander, and then I was the acting director for a few months. And then I went back to patrol in West Springfield for a few years, for barely two years, got promoted to first lieutenant. Um, and then I was the school liaison commander for two years, and that's just dealing with the SRO programs and how the police interact and cooperate, share information and what have you with the school system, um, which was great because my kids both are through the FCPS system from kindergarten on. My son's out to Ohio State. My daughter's a senior. We don't know where she's going yet, so. but I'm very familiar with that whole system. And then I went to the uh, – from there I went to the station, uh, West Springfield Station, and was there for two years as the assistant commander. And then from there, I went to the traffic division, was there for about a year and a half as the assistant commander. And now I'm with uh, Code Compliance. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the transition from school to joining FCPD. Was it, you know, did you go directly from school? How did that happen? So in high school, I, I, I attended an event in D.C. It had to do with government. I was making a government uh, as a high school senior. And um, one of our – it was a week-long thing, and one of our chaperones was a Marine colonel, uh, lieutenant. And uh, people loved how he looked in his uniform. So I said, man, that's cool. I think I want to do that. So I did that. I joined the Marine Corps in, in uh, my junior year of high school. You were able to sign up. Um, and right after I graduated in May of, uh, of 89, two weeks later, I was on Paris Island. Um, I went reserve thinking I was going to be an officer you know, and have them pay for college and do all that stuff. Um, but I realized when I was in it that it probably wasn't the life I wanted. I mean, I, I looking back on, I have fond memories. I was, I was in the reserve. I was uh, sent to the to Saudi Arabia for the first Gulf War. But uh, yeah, so when I got out, I tooled around. I never really looked at law enforcement in terms of a, you know, a career. Um, if you had told me in high school or in the Marine Corps that I would be a cop, I would have laughed at you. Those wandering years in the twenties, I was in retail and retail management, and then I got a job with the Postal Service. So for about six years, I was actually a letter carrier and a supervisor. But in that, I started to look at the what you know. I wanted to do more. You know, I had I had my getting my bachelor's degree. I'm like, I want I want to do more. Postal Service, you know, it was an interesting job, and it was very free being out there carrying the mail because you're out there all day. And I thought about being a postal inspector, 
but I didn't have all the qualifications that they were quite looking for. And um, and, and I get this to an, get into this in a minute, but I didn't speak Spanish fluently. Uh, I never have, even though my mom's Colombian, right? So, and that's a whole other story. But I didn't have the qualifications, but I, I like the idea of it. So I thought about maybe leaving that and going into something that had more opportunity for me, I thought. And that would be law enforcement. And, of course, living in Fairfax, you know, it was kind of the first choice, that and, and the DEA. Um, so I kind of looked at the Fairfax County Police Department and took a ride along and realized this is kind of freeing because it's a lot like the Postal Service in the sense that you go out there during the day and just do your thing. There's not really anybody over your shoulder. You're not in an office, um, which is ironic because I am now. But it just seemed like the thing to do. And I was always good with people, and policing is a people job. You know, if you can just deal with people and all kinds of people, and I've always had that ability. I was like, this is what I want to do. So I applied to both DEA and the police department. DEA is painfully slow because it's the government, and the police department was a lot little faster. So I applied in like, I think December of '99 or February of night of 2000, and I was offered a job by I think August and started at the academy in September of 2000. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that's what got me to that wanting to be a cop. Okay. So you mentioned your, your mom's Colombian. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about your culture, maybe a little bit about your upbringing and how that plays a role in how you have served Fairfax County and continue to serve our diverse community. Sure. So so my mother came here in about 65. She's in, she'll be 90 in November. Um, she came in 65 from Columbia. And so she was in her like mid to late 30s when she came, which is, you know, so it's a big change, I imagine, to come here. I can only imagine what it was like for her. Didn't speak any English, of course. Um, but she got here. She had a job in some factory putting together circuit boards or something. And um, she started to take the classes and learn. She met my dad uh, through a friend. Uh, he's from Illinois, um, you know, just regular white guy from Illinois. Um, and within, I guess, two years or so, they were married and they moved around a little bit, went out back there to Illinois near Chicago, a place called Rockford. And then they moved back here to Alexandria. And then I came along in 71. So with my mom's side of things, it was interesting because my dad, for some odd reason, didn't want her speaking to me in Spanish. Like maybe it was a 70s thing. I don't know. But she took me everywhere with her as I got older to work. She did a lot of um, during the day, and she really worked hard. She, you know, she, she worked at like, taking care of house house cleaning and like just taking care of older folks and then at night she cleaned offices uh, doctor's offices so after school uh, she worked really hard my dad worked in retail and uh, he was just kind of like a you know that kind of retail schedule but my mom worked really hard um, to put me through private school even you know relative dollars it's still not cheap it's a, it's a, it's a it's a bill so I would go to work with her at night, do my homework, help her clean the offices, you know, do work. And she always was, she was always very strong about work ethic, work hard, you know, do it right, um, that kind of thing, you know, kind of nonstop. You know, she always was working, and we would hang out with uh, friends she had. She was kind of like, well, is now, but really was more back in the day, one of those matriarchal sort of um, immigrants who come here and who work hard, but at the same time help and take care of other. Uh, immigrants and other people coming through here uh, trying to figure out what to do once once they get here because I, I don't know, I can't really imagine what it's like to uproot yourself from one country and end up in another. So um, we had a we had a girl stay with us from Mexico who we still know. Uh, she's got kids and a family now, but she was a, she was an immigrant here. My mom helped her out and took care of her. So she did a lot of that good stuff and, and just took care of her. And, that, and of course, that 
le- leaked into me a little bit more. I would I would say, you know, I love my dad who who's who's seventy nine, and they're still in Alexandria City in a little house down there in Delray. But um, my mom, I mean, was really the big influence for me in, in terms of hard work and you know doing it right. So here, you know, all these years later, now I'm fifty, but you know, all that hard work is I, I think it's paid off. I you know at this point I'm fairly certain I'm the highest ranking Hispanic on the department. Um, so, you know, because I work hard, you know, I do my job, um, and I try to do it right. And with uh, what's the word I'm looking for, I'm be conscientious about what I do and take care of my people and uh, at whatever level I've been. So, yeah, my mom's work ethic, and I don't know if that's, you know, I think that's just that's just her. But she's she's typical of a lot of the immigrants that come here. I see, I see it all the time. They come here, and they work hard, and uh, they're trying to make the best life they can. And for some, it's harder than others. But um, yeah, it's, you know, that's that really that kind of that really impressed upon me the, the value of hard work and that and people come here. They're trying to do the best for themselves and for their family um, as they as they move through. Because I know it can't be easy, and it's not been easy. I know for people. So, and I've seen it firsthand through my, especially through my my, my younger years with my mom. So with your mom raising you to be, you know, so uh, conscientious and helpful to others, how did that play a role as you began your career as a police officer here in Fairfax County? So being out in the community and, and the county is, has been for many years uh, a large, large percent Hispanic. I think this is the second largest minority um, in the county. You know, I, whenever I deal with people, I'm not, again, my Spanish is not fluent, but I know that, but I can get by, you know, if I woke up in... Costa Rica tomorrow, I could figure, you know, or Colombia, I could figure my way around, I could get around, and probably within a month, within six months, I probably would be fluent because I have a good base, you know, I took it, and my wife, who's white, speaks it fluently, which is funny, she's a nurse, but she learned it, and she speaks it, and she uses it much more than I do, and my daughter's pretty good at it, too, my son, not so much, but um, dealing with folks on, on, just on average calls, traffic stops, Sometimes when they when they see my they see me, I guess I have a look about me, and they they kind of I, I don't know. I, sometimes I sense there's an, an an ease, and when they don't speak English, I'm able to speak in Spanish to them, and I think that takes away a lot of their apprehension or nervousness. I mean, who can we're cops? You're a cop. I'm a cop. I don't want to get pulled. I, I see a cop behind me. You know, you know, you you get you get <laughs> good lord, you get nervous, right? So same difference. Just any anybody's that way. So I think trying to be able to communicate with somebody who doesn't speak English very well or at all and, and kind of putting yourself out there vulnerably because you sound kind of dumb and if I, I feel like I don't sound that, you know, because I'm, I'm not fluent. But I'm willing to go that, to try that, to, to make them understand, hey, I'm trying. You know, I'm, I understand where you're coming from. I'm trying. And, and we, get, we get our, quote, business done, um, whatever, the, whatever, the, whatever it's a call or a traffic stop. And I think it puts them at ease and I think it helps. And I understand I understand where they're coming from. I understand because of my own background with my mom and, and seeing all that. So I, I think that helps me relate to at least that particular community especially. Um, but as, 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 as immigrants in whole, I still understand the general feeling of it's just the same for whether you come from, you know, whether you come from Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, you're still, you know, you're new here. And it's nice to have at least somebody who can at some level uh, – try to communicate with you and kind of understand where you're where you're coming from you know what that background is and what you're dealing with because it's, it can't be easy it can't be yeah, i can't imagine that would be yeah 
kudos to your mom for being brave enough to come over, you know, and, and start a brand new life here. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of drama behind that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, has your heritage, your culture, is there a call for service where you think that that has, you know, that's something that sticks out at you that you feel like it was a big impact having that firsthand experience being a Hispanic officer? You know, was there a call for service that that was super beneficial? I think a lot of times, quite honestly, it's it's small, but traffic stops. I haven't, you know, I haven't done as many these days as I did back in the day as a regular patrol officer. But I think that a lot of times in dealing with folks on traffic stops or even on a, just out on the street is when they when they when they don't feel like when they feel like you're trying, when there's an effort there, you know, that you're that you oh look, I'm not he's Spanish, you know, and the look. And I've had people who just come up to me and start speaking in Spanish. And then I feel like an idiot because I don't speak fluently and I have to try to tell them to slow down, to slow down, you know, speak to me like a kid because that's that's my level of understanding is like a kid. And I don't have any problem admitting that because we're – just because we have a badge and guns doesn't mean we're human. We're not human. You know, we have families and all the flaws that everybody else does, right? So if I don't speak it fluently, I'm not going to try and act like I don't or just not try at all. Um, and I think that's something that goes a long way. And I think I think folks appreciate that I that I'm willing to sound silly trying to – you know, mess up the verbs, and because I think in many countries the police are are seen, you know, way more authoritarian or, or sadly corrupt in some countries. And um, it's one thing I've always tried to impress upon the immigrant community of all types is we, you know, we're not here for that. You know, we don't. It's not what we're here for. We, we just want to help you. Doesn't matter about the rest of it. Whether you know papers, no paper. We don't, we don't. We don't ask. We don't care. We just want to help you. What does being a police officer mean for the Hispanic culture? You know, I've talked to other women. We're doing a thirty by thirty initiative, mm-hmm. and they have varying backgrounds, which are incredible. Mm-hmm. And you know, it means something different for everybody's culture. So, what does it mean to be a police officer in the Hispanic culture? It's a lot. It's not so much locking up bad guys. That's part of it. But really, it's just helping people out through situations. I mean. Sure, I've locked up a lot of people in my career back and back again when I was in patrol, but it wasn't generally, uh, quite honestly, it wasn't because of the stuff they did. It was mostly because people had warrants for other stuff. You know, I, most of the stuff we dealt with on the street on the average day is just car accidents, traffic stops, domestic situations, kids who've run away, or family members who might have died at home from you know from some chronic you know disease or something where we have to go. Um, and and I think being able to relate to that, and especially in a, in, a, in a county that's Got a large Hispanic population is important, and I think that uh, our our immigrant communities understand that we need them. You know, we need that help. Um, the just the utility of of young men and women who can speak more than one language, especially like again a, a language in this country. I guess in this county would be Spanish and probably Korean, um, Arabic. Those types, you know, those are probably the big languages of need. Um, but specifically Hispanic, you know, we need, yeah, we need that utility. We need people who want to help their community, who want to show their community that law enforcement, especially here, is there to help you more than anything. Yeah, we enforce the law. Of course we do. But really cops are there to, to, to help get you through stuff in my, you know, in my, in my career that I've seen in my opinion. You know, we're not, we're not out there to hammer people. Um, you know, we're not out there to, to take everyone to jail. You know, we don't, we don't, that's part of our job. But you, like me, have probably seen in your career that most of what we do is, is, uh, but it's helping people through tough situations that they need help with that they otherwise can't get the, 
you know, the, the assistance they need. And we, and we as a police department, we're often the gateway to the government services that are here anyway for a lot of people. They don't know they have that. I would encourage anybody, right, I mean, I encourage anybody who wants to be a part of something uh, special and truly be a part of your community. I've lived here my whole life. I've policed here. I've worked in the police districts. You know, I was the assistant commander of the West Springfield District. I live in West Springfield. You know, I worked in Franconia as an officer when I first came up. And we, my wife, we lived in Franconia. I mean, there's two sides to that coin, but that's, to me, that's as true of community policing as you're going to get, you know, because living in the community you police is, it's a double-edged sword, certainly, but we have a good county, and it's I, it's a safe county, um, and no small part to what we do as, as police officers here to, to, you know, keep things in check a little bit, but we need help from, we can't do it alone. And I think, like, our explorer, or I should say, public safety cadet units that we have now, my, my I chair the one in Annandale High School, which is 505. It's, it's a broadly diverse group. In our first couple of years, mostly Hispanic kids and a lot of females. In fact, I think two of them, definitely one, but maybe two of them are currently police cadets now, you know, hired by the department in the pipeline to becoming cops when they, when they turn 21, going to the academy and doing all that. So, you know, it's, it, that works. Uh, public safety cadets is a great program to get kids in. Um, but it's not just that. There's other kind of events we have. And I know it's a hard time. We, you know, it's one of our big things is keeping officers and hiring officers, right? So um, we have to make sure that people want to be part of us, but they have to know why they want, you know, why they want to do this. And truly, it's really to help folks. It's not, you know, it's not about the fun stuff you see on TV because that's usually not very, not big part of the job. You know, it's driving around, talking to people. Um, we're going to be out there doing more as a department in the next uh, few months and going forward with the new program, I think that the department's rolling out. You know, you'll see more cops out there talking to people than usual, than you've probably you've been used to. Um, but, you know, we need to have that outreach because we need everybody and we need all the help we can get. And uh, so if you're out there and you're, you're Hispanic and you want to be part of this, you know, I think, you know, stay in school, keep learning, uh, stay out of trouble. And if, you're, if your English isn't so great, okay, well, that's something we can overcome. That's easy. It's just a matter of time. But we need that. We need it, we need it badly because we need to broaden our representation. So you offered a little couple pieces of advice, uh, you know, about like staying in school, mm-hmm. don't get in trouble, things <laughs> like that. Is there any other advice you would offer either a Hispanic member of our community or anybody in general who's considering a career in law enforcement? You know, what would you say to them? Any uh, words of wisdom as they begin the application process or maybe are just considering joining our department? Well, obviously, ride-alongs. Very important if you can get a ride-along. We offer them to the members of the the community who who are interested. Um, And that's a great way to see what we do. And you'll find that what we do is oftentimes nowhere near as exciting as what you might have seen on on, uh, what's that show that used to be on years ago, Cops and the other one that used to be on AM, uh, one of those cable networks. I mean, there's the old saying, police work is like, what, 99% great boredom and 1% you know, terrible excitement or something like that. I mean, what we what we do is you have to understand coming into the police department is really you're, you're really more of a service. It's a service profession. I mean, we're, we're out there in the car or in whatever division or unit you're in, and you're, you're, you're helping people, investigators. What are they doing? They're out there trying to solve crimes for victims, cr- uh, patrol officers. What are they out there doing? Helping people deal with crashes, they have a car accident, they had to get the information exchange, get their car to it, maybe go to the hospital, you know, um, domestic assaults, dom- just domest- uh, domestic um, 
calls where people are arguing they just can't get they can't they need help you know so we come out there and we end up mediating you know or the uh, the uh, people who are emotionally disturbed whoever their, their crisis moment they don't know what to do and we come out there and we talk to them and help them and show them try to show them a friendly face and try to get them what they need um, if that feels if you feel like that's what you want to do that you want to be part of a family that part of a bigger family you know to to help everybody get along and just live their lives and do the things they want to do, then it's probably for you. If you're good with people, you know how to talk to people, I think this is a career for you. It's a, And it's a good career. You know, there's a lot of, you know, obviously it's been a rough time for law enforcement in the last couple of years and all of us in general. It's like a, a little bubble in a big bubble of the COVID, right? But um, if you want to, if you want to do something that makes a difference, this is a job where you can make a difference. It doesn't matter, you know, being Hispanic is a part of it and that helps in that community, but just law enforcement in general. You know, I've had people come up to me who I don't even remember who, who oh, do you remember me? No. You took me to jail a couple of years ago, but you were so nice taking me to jail and talked to me and, you know, you said such nice things and you weren't mean or anything like that and I've really got my life together now. I'm like, oh. And that makes me feel great. I feel bad because I don't remember who they were, but because <laughs> it's just you know sometimes it's just busy, right? But if 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 one person feels that way, then and they've gotten their life together, then I guess I've done pretty good. If I can make a difference in somebody's life that in a positive way, which is which is a great thing, then you've done your life. Because what else can what more can you ask for? And I'm not saying you're not going to find that in other careers, certainly, but here in, in law enforcement is where you're going to find that because I think we do way more positive good things for for the, for the community as a whole than, you know, the bad things. And, and it's hard because so much of what we do is good, and then you see the one story from somewhere around the country, and, you know, we don't like that. And it pales, you know, it, make, it makes all the other stuff, it pales in comparison to, to what the good stuff we do, but it seems to be the brightest light um, for the moment, right? Um, and it's, it, can, it can be disheartening, but it is what it is. There's there's no perfect profession. There's nobody where there's not there's there's always there's always going to be a problem, right? No matter what, doctors, lawyers, cops, uh, priests, whatever, you know. But we have to focus on the good we do, which is the majority of what we do. It's good stuff. It's either helping people, taking care of people, keeping the community safe, which to me is very important because I live here. Um, so I know personally how much it means to you, whether you live in a big house up in Great Falls or a little condo down in Kingstown in Franconia or in an apartment over in um, Bailey's. Generally, we, we all want the same, right? I'm a parent. You're a parent. So we, we, we want our kids to go to school. We want to be safe in our homes. We want to be safe when we go out. And to be a part of that is awesome. So you get to, you get to actually play a role, truly a role, a, a vital role um, in, in making sure that that happens. I love this department. It's been my career, and you know, it's. I've met no. I've met nothing but good people here, and um, I don't think I'd do. I don't think I would do it any different. I wouldn't. You know, I, I, we we do it right. Um, I've got pretty good leadership. Lots of great cops. People who really care, and I've seen it firsthand. And uh, I think Chief Davis is is so far he's awesome. So I think right now we're really. Right now, today, in 2021, we're heading, I think, in a really positive direction, in a really good direction as an agency. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, just like I said before, stay in school, look for opportunities, 
learn, you know, if, you, if you're Hispanic and you're, you're learning English, if it's not that great. You know, I used to tell them, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's tiempo para aprender. <laughs> it's time to learn because you're here. Um, so, yeah, and, and that, that's only going to benefit you because to speak more than one language always a benefit, and we definitely can use that here, definitely. And actually, I think we still have a language stipend, don't we? So that's, yeah. a, little, that's a little extra something in the paycheck, too. For the language skills support unit. There you go. Yeah, that, that too. That's, that's important, and that's, that's, obvious, that's really important for investigations because the average street cop does very basic stuff, but when you move up into investigations, having that ability is, you know, because crime doesn't care what you are. It just it gets you, and you need, a, you need somebody who can help you. And um, when somebody can speak your language, that's important too. And we need it. So I would encourage anybody, look at the public safety cadet posts. There's three. There may be a fourth one coming. Um, that's a great inroads. You do two years in those, and you can apply to the department. This is for the younger folks out there in high school. You can age out. You age out at 21, so you don't have to be in high school. But do two years in the public safety cadets. And I'm pretty sure the program's still in place, and that will fast-track you when you apply to our department, and if you eventually get hired, then you get, uh, I believe you get like a 5% bump or in your pace, in your starting pay. It's, it's, it's a little higher than the average person would get. Um, so there's, there's an angle that the, the younger kids can look at. If you're, out of, if you're over 21, okay, well, get a ride along. You know, take a criminal justice class. We have a, police, a Citizens Police Academy we do every so often. Uh, or just talk to a cop. You're going to see us out there. You know, we can tell you all, I can tell you all about it. You know, I'm kind of a salesman. I talk too much. I do. But we can, we're, we're, we want people to be part of us because we need them. Policing is people. You know, all the tools and stuff, that's nice. But if you can't deal with people, then you got problems. So we need that. We need people who can talk to people, who like talking to people, who like chatting with people. Because that's, that's like old-time policing, right? Getting to know your neighborhood, getting to know your businesses. Um, and I think we're trying to move back in that direction. Not easy in this day and age, but, you know, we're trying. And I think we will. Just give it some time. But the more people we can have that represent us fully as a community, you know, the better. Lieutenant Werlin, it's obvious you love your job. Um, and you love being a part of Fairfax County and the diverse community we have here. So thank you for your time today. We really appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight into your background and your culture and, and how it's played a role here in Fairfax County and how it's served our community for so long. Um, you know, you being here is a huge benefit to not only our community, but our department as well. So thank you for that. You to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed listening to the FCPD Black, White, and Blue podcast. And we hope you tune in next week to learn more about our diverse and changing culture of FCPD. 